The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas here, another edition of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. Today, we sit down with our guy Jared from Arizona Sports 98.7 out there in Phoenix. Talk a lot about, actually a very interesting conversation about a lot of different things. One, I did not realize how invested Arizona Sports listeners are in the Phoenix Suns. And then we talk about how Kevin Durant upended all Super Bowl week plans as the Super Bowl was happening on their home turf. So an interesting dynamic between... Some of the stuff you do is the host city at Radio Row or Media Row and what you do when Kevin Durant gets traded to your team. A lot of good stuff here from Jarrett of Arizona Sports 98.7. Jarrett, with the Cardinals hiring a new coach and Kevin Durant getting traded to the Suns, has there ever been an easier week and a half stretch in Arizona Sports Radio? That's a interesting way to put it. <laughs> easy, easy for the hosts, maybe. Yeah. But, well, when... It's a two-pronged thing, sort of like you were saying. When when there's obvious big stories like that, it makes topic creation very, very easy. And it's not it's not even like we have to come up with, well, what are we going to talk about for each segment? It's pretty much, this is going to be a rolling conversation on these two gigantic stories each, you know, each hour all day. But then you also have to sort of think about like, well, how do we the third and fourth and fifth time we talk about the same thing, how do we make that fresh? Mm-hmm. So it's sort of just going through that and then finding a guest, you know, who can talk about Kevin Durant? Do we want somebody from Brooklyn? Do we want somebody from the Suns? Do we want a, a national NBA guy? So sort of like to get different guests and different uh, voices on the things. So that's always the way it is when we have major topics sort of driving the show rather than, you know, six different topics that we have to tr- go around national, local, national, local, and stuff like that. Since the Durant trade, what's been the the reaction from listeners? Like, has, you know, I, I don't know if you get numbers like this quickly, but do you feel the conversation popping since the Durant acquisition? Yeah, you could, you could tell because as um, on the producer of this show, I also run the social media account mm-hmm. and I also post all the, uh, hours to download for podcasts and stuff do you for just that immediate stuff that i could check you could tell the interest is tremendous when something like this happens because the the downloads go up for the the podcast the social media interaction is really high when we're talking about kevin durant and the suns because especially with the suns the phoenix that we have all four sports and we have a lot of you know arena football and WNBA and soccer and all this stuff but the suns are the oldest franchise by far it's still the biggest story the i the best you know our show has done recently was the suns when they made the finals a couple Mm -hmm. years ago and so that still drives it because you know people it's not just our listeners that grew up as suns fans it's our listeners parents that grew up as suns fans they're the only sport that's like that all the other sports are, are kind of too new or still only one or one and a half generations in. So the Durant thing, especially because we spent the entire summer 
in a year where the Diamondbacks were not good, mm-hmm. we spent the entire summer talking about are the Suns going to trade for Kevin Durant? <laughs> and it didn't happen. So then when it suddenly got like when the Kyrie Irving stuff happened and all of a sudden it looked like the Suns could do it again, we were like, oh my goodness, we, I can't believe we're going back to this. And within three days, all of it, it happened again. So yeah, it, it was that was the, the weird thing also is it ha- the trade happened in the middle of the week, Super Bowl week, when the Super That's Bowl right. was in Arizona and our show and all the shows at the station were on what they call media row. Now mm-hmm. it's called radio row, radio row. So we were there at the convention center downtown with all, you know, radio stations, podcasts from across the country. Everybody else all around us was talking about the Super Bowl, talking about NFL. We spent the entire day, probably two days, talking about Kevin Durant and the Suns. That's how big a story it was. Is it, it just overtook Super Bowl weekend, well, week for us. Was that a – obviously, that was breaking news you were reacting to, but was the plan at Super Bowl week to do the usual media row stuff, talk to the ex-NFL legends, talk to the people, you know, the, the people pitching products, or did you not really go in with a plan to do that? I'm just trying to figure out how much the Durant stuff – like, did you have to – bag a lot of stuff you had already planned in order to pivot to the Durant stuff. Well, the trade, yes. Well, the trade deadline we knew was going to be in the middle of the week. Yeah. So we knew that was the Suns, but we thought the Suns at that point were going to be pick up a bench player, pick up, you know, we knew they had to trade Jake Crowder, but we didn't think that was going to get much, maybe get like a rotation player or something like that. The Kevin Durant stuff seemed like it was dead. The Suns fans kind of moved on from that. After, like I said, we talked about it all summer. But literally, like you said, yes, we had to move stuff around. With Radio, uh, with Media Row, I don't want to mess that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with Media Row, uh, it's a combination of you grab, you know, you see somebody you want, you grab them, you put them on, and have to book ahead. That that day that the Kevin Durant thing, stuff happened, I had to uh, rebook and change schedules for two football guests we had that day mm. because – the Kevin Durant stuff, the, the news broke at 11.07 p.m. Uh, Arizona time. Mm-hmm. And when you do a morning show, especially one where I, I wake up at 3.30 a.m. every day, <laughs> 11.07 p.m. is the middle of the night. Yeah. So everybody on our show did not know it happened until we woke up. Hmm. One of our hosts who forgot to charge his phone... <laughs> Didn't know it happened until he was driving to the show. Heard it on the radio on the way to the show. So it was sort of scrambling in the mornings trying to figure out, okay, who do we get? Who can we get on guests to come on and talk about this? How do I reschedule the football people that we already had? Because, you know, for a lot of the audience, the people driving to work at that time, that's the first time they're hearing us talk about the Kevin Durant trade, the one of the biggest NBA stars of all time coming to the Suns. They don't want us, you know, to tune in and all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, to some retired NFL guy mm. who hawking CBD oil or something. <laughs> you know, so, it's 
It's good to hear you talk about the level of fan interest in the Suns because I think maybe this is the uh, the East Coast narrative that gets spun about Phoenix radio is that there aren't that many Phoenix fans out there. And there's so many transients in Arizona or transients, uh, transplants, I should say, in Arizona. And there's a lot of hobos and people <laughs> riding the rails. That was a misspeak. I meant transplants. Yeah. You're not you're not wrong though, because it, it's the problem that uh we've always had. And, and it's sort of something that the Suns, when they're, when they're good, or at least when they're relevant, supersede. They, they rise above that because they have generations of fans. Mm-hmm. It used to – we had a 10-year stretch where the Suns didn't make the playoffs. And in those 10 years, uh, so for about the first time, were the years where Lakers fans would overtake, you know, the Suns arena when they would play them. The Warriors fans, when, the you know, Steph Curry came, they would overtake – but if the Suns are at least decent, they have the most passionate fan base. The football is still – it's still gigantic here like it is everywhere else. And when the Cardinals are good, it's almost as buzzworthy. It's, it's pretty much almost as big as the Cardinals. But the other teams, you know, teams that came – didn't come to the Valley until the 90s. You know, you still have people that grew up Cubs fans or Mets fans – and, you know, when those teams come to town, they still dominate the thing. But it's so it's slowly changing. Even the newest team, that the Coyotes and, and the Diamondbacks, have been here for 25 years now. So you are building up the fan base. But it's, it's just like Florida. It is a retirement or a place that people move from the Midwest, from yeah. the East Coast, because the weather is nice here. So you're always going to have – fans that grew up with other teams as their favorite fans. But the Suns are are they they've been around for for 50 years. They're the hardcorest of fan base. That's the original team in Arizona. So they they have a lot of uh, fans here that don't really get overtaken. This might be a dumb question, but I'm gonna ask it anyways because I'm such a baseball nerd. Oh my favorite couple of questions. Is there a so don't feel bad. Is there a spring training effect it play in any of your programming stuff in terms of you have all these different people coming in from all these different places to see their spring training team. So you have a bunch of new ears on the radio potentially during the time that they're there, or maybe you have, you know, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of fan bases or people are fans of the Rangers or the Mariners or the Padres because they've been going to their spring trainings forever. And does it alter how you talk about baseball? I'm just curious if there's a spring training effect. No, not really. We, we talk about like, so, so pitchers and catchers reported last week, and we'll sort of do a Diamondbacks preview. But general baseball, we won't touch on that much. It's interesting because depending on if the Suns make the playoffs or not, that sort of drives our coverage mm. in the summertime. The Diamondbacks are, are good because they play every single day. So every single day there's – new content reaction to the game. If the, if the team's mediocre though, it doesn't drive the content as much, but for, we don't want to, you know, we're not going to do like a Padres or a Rangers or a, you know, Kansas city Royals preview <laughs> just because there might be some people in from the Midwest spending yeah. a week to go to games and stuff like that. Um, th- this week after the Super Bowl, where the spring training kind of starts, it's sort of like the deadest week. It's the NBA 
all-star break. Yeah. The NFL is done unless we plan on doing a big XFL coverage. <laughs> There's no real football to talk about. As of now, the Cardinals are putting together their coaching staff, so there is that. Um, so what we're actually doing this coming week, which we've done for years and years on the station, uh, since we moved to the morning last year, we've taken it over, is we have a thing called Newsmakers Week. So each day, all show long, we sort of invite in studio, or if they can't do it in studio on the phone, all the quote-unquote newsmakers throughout the Valley. So hmm. we're going to get the GMs, the coaches, the owners for all the teams. So the Cardinals, the Suns, hmm. the Diamondbacks, Coyotes, ASU football, ASU basketball. And then we even do stuff from Phoenix Open, the the Rising, the Mercury, stuff like that. So it's sort of a way to like just sort of – this is the state of each franchise. This is what's going on. You're going to hear from the coaches. You're going to hear from the, you know, the decision makers in the Valley. And that was sort of created, I think, originally to fill a week where it's like, okay, we just spent, you know, five months talking heavy, heavy NFL, heavy, heavy Suns. We're sort of in this break period where this works as a good way to to sort of fill the time and give give a cool thing where you could hear from all these different people and stuff. So rather than focus on like the beginning of spring training where there's you know, spring training goes on for a month yeah. before the season starts. Yep. It's not like the other sort of preseasons, which come and go really quickly. So we can focus on that the following week, the week after. I'm sure our show will be at the ballpark for a couple of days and stuff like that. You know, I'll get you out of here on this as I was, you know, prepping for the interview and doing some research on you. I noticed that you bring some things to the table other than just the traditional producing responsibilities, some kind of comedy stuff, podcasting stuff, parody stuff. Talk to me about kind of finding your niche or bringing something new to the table other than just cutting audio, planning show sheets, et cetera. Yeah. Yes, I am nothing if not unique. Creative. Creative. That's my, my, my favorite part of, of the uh, minutiae and stuff that producers and I also run the board and the technical director part. That's mm-hmm. stuff that, I, that you sort of have to do. I try, I'm try. i still trying to get better and uh, working on that stuff because it's, it's, I, I love to be creative. That's my favorite thing. So, uh, you know, my main priorities are to book guests for the show, help with show topics, like you said, cut up the audio for the show to use, post the podcast errors, play the commercials, play the rejoins, all that stuff. Uh, I'm I'm very lucky that the the hosts on the show, Dan Bickley and Vic, Vince Murata, they let me do a lot more on the show. They let me be sort of the third voice on the show. I get to sort of jump in when I want. If I have a stupid comment or something <laughs> I could further with, they let me uh, host a bunch of different segments throughout the week. Some that I've come up with, some that I've come up with, uh, some that I've inherited, taking over as producer. So I get to host a, a, a goofy segment that I created called "Mustache, Not a Mustache," <laughs> and I I play a soundbite from a movie or a TV show or a song or an interview, and then they have to guess whether the person that's talking or singing has a mustache or doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> it's a fun game to sort of play along with at at home if you're a listener. I get to do a segment every Friday called the Sports Kebab, 
which is like a sports comedy segment, sort of like a weekend update from Saturday Night Live or a monologue on a talk show. I just make sports jokes that I come up with for six or seven minutes. And yeah, I do a bunch of song parodies. I do a different song parody every week during Cardinal season. And it, it's stuff like that that's very, uh, it's fulfilling and it's fun. And it sort of like makes me feel like I get to contribute more and differently than just a regular producer does. And, I, and I've, and I'm very goofy. I'm sort of like the, this, you know, silly person on the show. And I, you know, have a, a brand where people know that I wear crazy outfits, crazy <laughs> shirts, and I uh, talk about food a lot and stuff like that. So it, it's fun to get to be sort of a character on the morning show. It's something I think our show is very strong at. We have four people on the show. We have two hosts, but then we also have myself and we have Sarah, who is a uh, does the updates and also hosts a, a few different segments and chimes in. So I think I think it gives that that vibe that it's people sort of hanging out talking sports. It's four friends. We rip on each other. We uh, you know have good chemistry with each other. So I think that's fun and it's. And I'm, I'm happy that they they allow me to sort of do a little bit more than maybe what a regular producer does. And I love the message there at the end, too. You know, Jared says, you know, he's hosting all these wacky segments and his team has allowed him, his show has allowed him to be part of it and bring some of that funny comedic stuff to the airwaves. I love that because as I've sit through now almost 30 of these producers podcasts, you realize that every producer has to find their own niche. Right, They have to find their own way to contribute, and some guys want to be on the air in a traditional sense, and some guys just want to you know, do some fun things behind the scenes and bring those to the air. And you got to find your little lane to be able to contribute, and Jared has found one of those lanes to make uh, Arizona Sports 98.7 successful. So that was our guy Jared. We'll see you in the next one here on the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast. To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com.